Hey guys, I'm Brad Livingston, lead pastor here at Transformation Church. I want to thank you for tuning in to our sermon today. At TC, we exist to see people transform from who they are to who God wants them to be. So no matter where you are on your faith journey, I hope today's message inspires you to take one step closer to Christ. It's amazing. Uh, we invited 50 people from the 10 o'clock service to move to a different service last week, and they did, and it doesn't look like it made any difference because this place is packed out. Again, you guys are absolutely amazing, and uh, we're in the Tribal Wars series, and all, we're talking all about our tribe, and, and, uh, and our tribe meaning both Transformation Church, because we're a tribe, but also just what it means to be part of the body of Christ, and so uh, we've been talking about that, and are there any board game people in the house? Anyone that play board games? You guys, all right, listen, you guys get on my nerves, all right, so... Uh, my wife is a board game person. She loves board games. She loves to play board games. I don't. All right. I, I, I hate board games. All right. So, uh, so she'll come home and be like, let's have a game night. And I'm like, oh, and, um, it's so funny too, uh, because I am a, I'm a sore winner. So you can imagine how I feel about losing. Y'all know what I'm talking about? So if we're playing a game and I'm losing, I'm just in a bad mood the whole time. I'm like flipping cards or rolling dice. I'm just like, she's like, you don't want to play anymore, do you? I was like, I didn't want to play to start with, but here we are, right? So, uh, <clears throat> so I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a sore winner. I got no problem saying that right up front. I will sell out all day long. Boom, in your face, right? Five-year-old ping pong. I'm like, I'm selling out the whole time. So, uh, but I say all that to say is, uh, I remember me and Ashley were dating, and uh, so we were, we were dating, we, we, she wanted to play Monopoly. Um, we played Monopoly a few times, uh, and uh, I believe this time in particular probably should have been a red flag for her, but we heard her married, and so she can't get out of it now. But, um, so we were playing Monopoly, and I was losing. I never lose at Monopoly, but this day I was losing. And so um, it was getting late. It was about that time to, uh, you know, for me to go home. And so I was like, you know what? I, 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 so I went up. I was like, I got to go to the bathroom real quick. So I, I got up, and I accidentally bumped the board, and everything went everywhere. <laughs> accidentally. To this day, she loves to tell that story. She's like, let me tell you about this one time. Brad was losing at Monopoly. So anytime a game comes up, she's like, Brad's not playing. Uh, so the biggest fight we've ever had in our marriage to this day, 13 years of a beautiful marriage with an amazing woman in my life, the biggest fight we ever had was on a game, a board game. So that tells you how we are together. And my wife's just as, just as competitive as I am. That doesn't help any either. But the reason I said all that to say is I feel like oftentimes Christians are living a life where they feel the same way that they feel in board games that sometimes they do in life. And one of the ways that I think this shows up more than anything else is when, has anybody ever been in a game before where you felt like you were stuck? No one was winning. No one was losing. You were just stuck in the game right? I feel like Monopoly is that. Who's ever actually finished Monopoly, right? People just get up and walk away and be like, whatever. Like, <laughs> I, I know I have family and friends that are like, yeah, no, we played Monopoly. Like we played over like three days though. So like we play some, we come back the next night and play more. And I'm like, what kind of psychotic, you know, like, so, uh, but anyways, all that to say is I remember thinking this way that I feel like a lot of us feel like the same way that you're in an unending Monopoly game is kind of how you feel in life. And there's this word that shows up really in chess, but it also shows up in a lot of board games. And it's this term stalemate. Wait, 
you, st- you feel like you're stalemated in, like you feel like you're out of place where you're not winning, but you're also like no one's losing. You're just stuck in this place where like a perpetual cycle of playing a game, but you don't, you, you, like you would almost rather lose so you can just walk away, but you can't, you're just stuck, right? Matter of fact, we put it like this in your notes, stalemate. It's a position in which a player has not lost, but has no choice but to lose. So you, if, you, if you do the wrong thing, you're going to lose, but you haven't lost yet. And I think for many of us in life, we feel like we're stuck in a place in our life where we can't get out of it, but we are stuck in it. And the reality is, I think the enemy loves to keep us in this place because as long as he can keep us stalemated, he keeps away from the thing God made us to do, right? Like, I'll put it to you this way. For, for, for the Christian, the enemy's greatest goal isn't to get your soul. The enemy's greatest goal is to get your purpose, like I, I, we grew up in church where it's like the enemy's greatest desire is to get your soul. But I believe that the Bible is clear that if you belong to Jesus, the enemy can't have you because grace is going to come after you no matter what. So if you truly belong to Jesus, if you truly put your faith in Jesus, God is going to go after his children no matter what. And your soul belongs to him. So the enemy's greatest desire, listen to me, isn't to get your soul, it's to get your purpose. If he can keep you busy playing the game he created, then you'll never fulfill the thing God created you for. And so let's say, all right, you can go to heaven. I'm just going to make sure you don't take anybody with you on the way. And that's how I think the enemy is winning in a lot of our lives, is that he's convinced us to keep playing a stalemated game rather than recognizing that God has made us for more. And in 1 Peter 2, 9 through 10, we see Peter talking, and he's giving us giving some clarity to who he was talking to, the Gentiles, but it also correlates to us. He says this, For you're a chosen people, you are royal priests, a holy nation, God's very own possession. As a result, you can show others the goodness of God, for he called you out of darkness into this wonderful light. So that's, that's the, the, the message Peter is bringing. And then he says this, and I think this is so important. He says, once you had no identity as a people, but now you are God's people. Once you received no mercy, but now you have received God's mercy. And God has a desire that we would walk in identity because we walk in mercy. Because we're his, now we have an identity that we're supposed to walk in. And I believe many of us are missing the point of what we're supposed to be walking in because we, ha- we have yet to truly buy into the identity God gave us. God has a purpose for us, but we have to see how that purpose correlates to our life. And one of the greatest ways this happens is being part of a tribe, being part of a community, being part of a church, being a part of where God is wanting to plant us. The problem is, for many people, the place they were hurt was the church, so they refused to get planted back in one. And God's desire for you is to not let what happened be the reason why you keep letting it happen to you, right? And so we're going to talk to you a little bit about tribe because the first thing I want you to understand is a tribe is where you belong. The tribe is where you belong. Not just you belong there, but you have a belonging in there. So it's not just that you, you belong in a tribe, so you need to join one. You belong to the tribe. Like you're part of the tribe. The, the tribe is better because you're in it. And we want you to understand, we talked about this last week when we talked about the table, that you have a seat at the table and we're going to make room at the table, right? We have, like I said earlier, we had 50, we have about 50 people tell us they were picking a new service and it almost looks like it doesn't matter because we've got more chairs in here again. Like God's doing something amazing here and we're always going to make more room at the table. Listen to me, because you belong at the table too. So we're never so full that we won't make room for you. We'll always make room at the table. And you have to understand you belong here. But for many people, they never truly feel like they belong because they never truly buy into what God wants for them. In Ephesians 2, 8 through 9, 
It says this, for by grace you have been saved. Say saved. For by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not of your own doing. It is the gift of God, not a result of works so that no one can boast. And the reality is this, there is a beauty behind the reason that you're saved. So let me, let me explain something to you. You're not saved because of anything right you did. You're saved because everything good God did. Like there's nothing you have done. You did not earn this. You did not like do enough good things. You didn't open enough doors for people. You didn't give enough money. You can listen. There's nothing you can do to earn a seat at the table. God just gives it to you. And so because God gave it to you, it's a gift. Say gift that you receive. So you can't do enough good works. And the thing about this is, is since you can't do enough good works, listen, you can't do enough bad works either. And a lot of people were disqualifying themselves saying, I don't belong here. This isn't where I go. No, no, no. You belong here. And you haven't, there's nothing you can do to be worthy to be saved except that God came after you and gave you grace. And that's the beauty of the gospel. The, and, and, and I'll even prove it to you this way. If you could earn it, you would try to earn it. And if you tried to earn it and you did earn it, you would become self-righteous about the fact that you earned it. And you would need grace again for your self-righteousness. Like if you could earn it and you could see some other people that didn't earn it, you would, you would take the, the high horse over those people that didn't earn it. And you'd be like, you guys are peasants because if you were good enough, you would have earned it like I did. And therefore you would need forgiveness about the fact that you were self-righteous over the people that didn't earn it because you thought you did. So even if you could earn it, you would still need grace because you would still need forgiveness about the fact that sin is in our hearts. So that's why I love it when people are like, if you just knew my heart. No, I don't want to know your heart right? The Bible says it's deceitfully wicked, <laughs> right? Like, so the reality is you are forgiven because God chose to give you grace and to give you forgiveness. This isn't something you earn. So here's the deal. You can't boast about it. I don't boast about where I'm at because I don't deserve to be where I'm at. If it were, if it were based on my decision-making, I would not be here right now. And I may not be where I want to be all the time in my life. Life hasn't gone all the ways that I wanted to, but I mean to tell you, I, I'm not where I could be, right? But by the grace of God, he's got me right where I am. And I love what I get to do every single day. I wake up with purpose. I wake up with passion. I wake up. I can't wait to lead this church to love people. I can't wait to lead my staff and my team. Why? I, life may have not gone all the ways I wanted to, but by the grace of God, I'm here. And it's not even anything I did. I'm here because of what Jesus has done. But I think for so many of us, we try to convince ourselves that because we haven't been able to earn a spot at the table, we don't belong at the table. We think that because we've done so many things wrong, there's no possible way God could want us to be right. And I mean to tell you, that's not the case. Matter of fact, I, I put it to you this way. The enemy's goal is to convince some of us that we have something to prove. So we'll always feel like we have something to lose. So we feel like we got to prove that we deserve to be at the table. We feel like we got to prove something. I got to get this part of my life right. I got I to get this part of my life together. I got to make sure that this is worked out. And I'm here to tell you today, you don't have to get it worked out to come to the table. Come to the table. We'll get you closer to Jesus and he'll help you get the things worked out. Our desire isn't to take things out of your life or try to put things in your life. Our desire is strictly to get you closer to God so that through Jesus, he reveals to you, is there some things in your life that you need to let go of? Yes. Because are there things in my life I need to let go of? Yes. Okay, some of y'all are like, mm, no, you're a pastor. No, no, no. I got issues too. Come on. I've, I go to the drive-thru and McFlurry machine's broken too. <laughs> and that anger. Come on. Y'all know what I'm talking about? <laughs> I've been to the Krispy Kreme and the Hot Now Light wasn't on too. 
right? And just anger, just bitterness, right? No, right? But in all seriousness, I tell people all the time because people will put me on a pedestal because I'm a pastor. And they're like, well, you're a pastor. I'm like, do not do that to me. I will let you down. <laughs> because I'm not perfect. We all got issues. But listen to me. If you think you have to prove something to belong, listen, you'll always feel like you're on the verge of losing what you were having to prove. And so you think everybody else is looking at you going, ah, don't you get it wrong? Don't you mess this up? You need to act right. You need to get right. You need to stay right. Listen to me. You can't act right, get right, or stay right outside of Jesus. So what you need to do, listen to me, our goal at the table, our goal as part of the tribe, our goal in helping you belong isn't to get you to conform to our moral code. It's to get you to come to Jesus, let him expose to you the things that through his word he wants to change in your life because he wants to change things in your life. We come to Jesus as we are. We don't stay with Jesus as we are. So we come to Jesus. He says, all right, now these are the things I want to work out. These are the things that I want to remove. Here's some things I want to put in. And as he does that, we become more like Christ, but it's never our job to be that. But as long as you feel like you have to prove something to be at the table, as long as you feel like you have to prove something to be in the tribe, you're always going to feel like you're on the verge of losing something. And listen to me, that's where your insecurities come from. Or you walk around, you're looking at everybody in the room going, everybody here has it together. Everybody else has got it figured out. I'm going to tell you, nobody here has it together. If you look around this room, we all got some issues. And so what God wants to do is help you realize that. 2 Timothy 1.9, Paul is talking and he says, God saved us and called us to a holy calling. Not because of our works. Not because of our works. But because of his own purposes and grace, which he gave to us in Christ Jesus before the ages began. So God wants to do amazing things. He wants to reveal this to us. But here's the thing that we also have to understand, right? When we're unsure if we belong to our tribe, we start trying to live between tribes. So if we're unsure if we belong to a tribe, we start trying to live between tribes. And what, what I mean by that is this. Some of us have bought into the tribe. Like we're bought in. Like, all right, Jesus, I, I, I believe in God. I believe in Jesus. I, I, I'm committed to him. But because you are unsure if you belong to the tribe, you also want to put one foot into a different camp and belong to a different tribe. And I'm not talking about a different church. I'm talking about a different faith. I'm talking about a different belonging. And so you're like, you got one, one foot in Christianity, but you also got one foot in the world too. And so you're trying to live over here and be close to Jesus, but you're trying to live over here. Why? Because you believe that if you were to put both feet in over here, everyone's really going to know your secrets and they're going to know you're not who you say you are. But can I tell you something? Nobody's who they say they are. Everybody's got some issues behind the mask. Everybody's dealing with some stuff. Everybody's got some addiction problems, some anger problems, some unforgiveness problems, some bitterness problems, some whatever, like everybody. But you think because if everybody gets to know you, so what do you do? You keep one foot in the camp that feels righteous and you keep one foot in the camp where you feel better than everybody else so that you can say, I'm better than them, even I'm not better than them. And so what do we do? We feel better. The problem is many people are experiencing a spiritual bipolarness because they think that if they can keep straddled in two lives, they can feel better about themselves. The problem is social media tells everything. And so I, now don't get me wrong. I believe there's real bipolar, like medical, whatever. I'm talking about some of you are trying to live two lives and those two lives are getting closer and closer and closer to one another. And what's happening is you're trying to live in front of this camp this way and in front of this camp this way. The problem is both of them can see your pictures. <laughs> and so in front of this camp, they're going, hey, uh, I just have a question about that in your life. And you're going, ooh. I forgot you were going to see that. 
right? And you got this camp over here going, oh, you're a holy roller now. You're just a Jesus Bible thumping whatever. And you're going, oh, I didn't know you could see that picture either, right? And what happens is the more you try to live in two worlds, the more you realize you don't belong in either. And so what happens is because you don't belong in either, you feel isolated. And the reason many of you feel alone is because you've tried to live in two worlds for too long. And God's saying, if you'll pick one world, you can belong. But listen to me, you can't belong in two tribes. And again, I'm not talking about churches. I'm talking about two different ways to view the world, two different belongings. Whether you're loving Jesus and not loving Jesus, you have to pick one. That's why Romans 12, 2 says this, do not conform to the pattern of this world. Because the pattern of this world is insecure, unstable, right? Trying to live this way and live that way. No, no, no. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Because you got to start thinking differently to belong differently, right? Because the first thing that we do, right, is we try to live between two tribes. But the second thing that happens happens is we come in here and we look around and we look around and think everybody else has it together. But when we look in the mirror, all we see is the things we don't have together yet. So like we see, how many guys know we see the worst versions of ourselves? And when I look in the mirror, I see my faults. I see my failures. I see my issues. Like I, I see how I, I don't even love myself. I don't love the person God made. I feel like I'm too much of this or not enough of this. I'm too fat. I'm too ugly. I'm too skinny. I'm too whatever. I'm too this. I, I, I got too many issues, too many addictions. I'm too broken. Too many people hurt me. I'll never get over this. I got all this pain. I got all this struggle. I got all this trauma. And you keep seeing the worst versions of yourself, but you see the best versions of everyone else. And because you see the best versions of everyone else, you're going, everybody else has it together. And I'm just over here jacked up. Can I tell you something? Everybody around you is jacked up. Jacked up. Look at the person next to you. That's the one I'm talking about right there. (laughs) Everybody in the tribe has issues. Here's the beautiful part. Some of y'all are like, oh, word? No, listen. Here's the thing. Everybody's got issues. But since everybody's got issues, no one's worried about yours. No one cares about your issues. I got enough of my own. I don't need help worrying about yours. Come on, y'all know what I'm talking about? Like, and so here, let me help you out. You belong because no one's judging you walking in the door. Because we're too busy judging ourselves. And if we could all come before Jesus and say, I know I'm not perfect, but what I need is your help to show me what in my life needs to change so I can love you more and pursue the purpose you have for me. I'm telling you, it'll change our hearts. And so we have to come before Lord and realize you belong in the tribe. But the second thing you have to understand is the tribe is where you get free from what's been holding you back. The tribe is where you get free from what's been holding you back. Because we all got things in our past where things are holding us back, right? And, and, and uh, we all probably have, at least in one point in time or another uh, in our life, we've all had someone that tried too hard to belong to the friend group. Y'all know what I'm talking about? Like, they're just like, they're trying real hard and you're like, goodness gracious, man, just, just calm down, right? And then once they find out there's a joke that's funny, they have to tell the joke over and over and over again. Like, they just, they're, like, they're working way hard to belong. If you don't have someone in the friend group that's like that or you don't know who it is, I'm just kidding. But we all, we, all have, we all know what that looks like, right? And the reality is this. The reason why it's so hard to belong is because everybody, else, everybody in the friend group lives with this thing that I call the mask. Matter of fact, everybody in here right now is wearing a mask. And it's, I call it the I'm fine mask. When someone comes up to you and say, how are you doing today? And you're like, man, I'm fine. But how many of you guys know more often than not, you're not. 
How many of you guys know behind the mask, that's where your insecurities are? That's where your pain is? That's where your hurts are? That's where you're dealing with some stuff still. You got some, that's where the unforgiveness is. That's where the bitterness is. That's where the trauma is. That's where the pain is. That's where the addictions are. That's where the anger issue still is. It's behind the mask. And so what do you do? You've been trained because for many of you, you've been trained to walk into the church with the mask on because you tried to walk into the church with the mask off before and you got hurt. And the problem with pain is people cause pain. And so it's hard for you to trust people because the last time you trust people, it caused pain. And so what do you do? You come into environments, now you wear the mask. And because you have the mask on, listen to me, you never deal with what's behind the mask because you're always wearing the mask. And the mask is the same thing as the darkest room in your heart. You never deal with what's in it because you refuse to turn the light on. So all you do is you keep tripping over the problem in the dark. And so many of us, we have the mask on. And that's why groups are so important for us at Transformation Church. Because what you're going to do when you join a small group, which they kick off September 3rd, by the way, which is in two Sundays. So, like, I hope you sign up. But uh, what happens in small groups is this. You walk into the small group. You're there with 10 or 12 people. The very first day you walk in and they say, all right, it's your turn. And you tell everybody your deepest, darkest secrets. That's a lie. That's not how that goes. (laughs) All right. Some of y'all are like, ah, I think I'm going to pass on that. Right? Like, Do y'all have a silent group? Can I, join, can I join that one? No, no, no. Here's what happens. You show up the first week, and maybe in the first week, you don't even say anything. They forgot you were even there. You were just silent in the corner somewhere. But you show up the second week, and you show up the third week. And you know what? Eventually, you see somebody else that you meet in the group, and, and, and you feel like just through just conversations about nothing serious, just life. You're like, man, I feel like I can trust this person. Like, I feel like, I feel like if I took my mask off in front of this person that, I, that they wouldn't judge me or throw rocks at me or whatever. They, like, they would be okay. Uh, and so you say, hey, you know what, can, can we go to coffee one day? Can we, like, can we just go? I, there's some things that I just want to talk to you about. And you go and you sit down with them and you take your mask off and you say, hey, this is the real me. And I know out in front of the group and at church and stuff like that, I don't ever show this part, but I'm dealing with some stuff. And I feel like I'll never get it under control if I don't let somebody else know about it and start getting healed from it. And they look at it and they go, oh, my gosh, you got so many problems. Get away from me. (laughs) I mean, that's not what happens either. They say, oh, well, let me show you behind my mask. And the person you thought was already healed, you realize isn't even whole. Because they took their mask off too, and you go, oh, you got problems too? And they go, honey, we all got problems. But now, because I know yours and you know mine, we can connect every day or every other day through a text message. We can sit down for coffee once a week outside of the group, and we can talk through what we're dealing with. Because listen to you, listen to me, freedom happens through relationships. And, and some of you think that all you need is Jesus to get free. No, all you need is Jesus to get forgiven. But God uses people to help you get free. That's why James 5 says, confess your sins one to another so that you can be healed. Why? Because healing actually happens through relationships. And some of you have wondered why all I need is Jesus hasn't gotten you anywhere. Well, it's going to get you to heaven, but you're just going to be bruised, bumped, and broken the whole way there. But if you'll let people become part of your process, you can actually get to heaven whole. Are you going to be perfect? No. But could you get there whole? Yes. And that's why for some of you, you either need to start a group or join a group for September 3rd. If you, want to start, if you want to start a group and lead a group, you can go to the website. You can sign up for that now. But for some of you, you just need to, you just need to join a group and start taking the mask off and letting people see why. Because the tribe is where you get free from all the things that hurt you. But listen to me. For some of you, you're going to have to choose that freedom. Actually, for all of us, 
We're going to have to choose that freedom, and you have to choose it constantly. That's why Galatians 6 says this. It says, Dear brothers and sisters, if, in, if another believer is overcome by some sin, you who are godly should gently and humbly help that person back onto the right path. And be careful not to fall into the same temptation yourself. And this is what he says. Share each other's burdens. And in this way, obey the law of Christ. God called us to do this together. And the reason he called us to do it together is because the last thing is that the tribe is where you win. The tribe is where you win. That's where God has things for you, where, where he wants you to win. He wants you to thrive. He wants you to he want, ju not just survive. He wants to help you win at the things that he's called you to. He wants to help you, man, move forward in all the things that he's called you to. And that's what we see in Romans chapter 8, verses 1 through 6. They're, they're not going to have it on the screen. I want you to listen to what I read right here because he says this. There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. For the law of the spirit of life has set you free in Christ Jesus from the law of sin and death. In other words, you can live free in Jesus Christ. For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh. In other words, for those that live according to what your desires are and, and what you want and what you want to accomplish, but you're not thinking about God, you're not thinking about Jesus, you're not trying to pursue things with a tribe, you're going to obtain all the things that the world has for you, but obtain nothing that Jesus has for you. He said, if you set your mind on the flesh, right? But those who live according to the spirit set their minds on the things of the spirit. When we're thinking about God, God, what do you want for me? How do you want me to live? What are, what are the things you're asking of me, right? But for to set the mind on the flesh is death, but to set the mind on the spirit is life and peace. And some of you have been wondering why you can't obtain either one of those things, but you're living a life all in the flesh and not surrendering anything to the spirit. I'm going to tell you today, surrendering that helps you obtain everything God wants for your life. He helps you live with life, say life, and peace. Like that's what God wants for your life. That's what he wants you to obtain. In Matthew 5, verse 14, he says, this is what, this is like what he wants from you. This is then in a, a little bit different translation, but he says this, you're here to be light bringing out the God colors in the world. In other words, like God wants the world to be vibrant. He, and he does that through you. You're here to be the light, to bring out the God colors in the world. God is not a secret to be kept. And he says this, we're going public with this. As public as a city on a hill. Like God's desire for your life is to get you moving. But it happens as part of a tribe. And I think for so many of us, man, we, we've found ourselves, and this, this is where God has, uh, uh, or this is where the enemy has gotten us. And so we're, we're, we're here and, and we're looking at this game. And here's what happened is the enemy has kind of set the board. He's built the game. And, and this is what he's done. Are you ready? He's got us in this place where we're looking at the board and we spend our whole life just trying to figure out what the next step is. And we're trying to figure out, and, and as we look at it, we're beat all the time. Because here's the deal. The enemy knows the game. The enemy built the game. The enemy has the game where he's trying to keep you trapped, keep you confined, keep you stuck, keep you stalemated, where you haven't lost yet. You just, you just know you're going to lose. And as you look at it, you're looking at how God, God is, you're praying, God, help me figure some of these things out. And so you're trying to figure it out. You don't know where to go next. And you're looking at the pieces and you're not sure what to do. And, and so you keep, you're trying to find it from different angles. And you're going, God, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. I, I see these pawns in my life. I see how the enemy has structured where it doesn't matter what I do. I feel like I'm losing. I feel like there's nothing I can do. And here's the 
reality, the enemy has convinced you to keep playing a game you could never win because the game was built for you to lose. As long as you're stuck in your own mind, as long as you're looking at the board trying to figure out how to beat the enemy at his game, you're never realizing you weren't built for this game at all. You were built for the game God has for you. You were built for the victory that God wants you to have. You were built for this. And so what you have to do is come to the conclusion that as you're looking at it, you're going, I don't know what to do. I'm not, I don't know how to win. I don't know what to do. I'm not sure where God wants me to be. It's not for you to try to beat him on the table. It's for you to flip the table and realize there's nothing that you can do to beat the enemy at his game when God's called you to play his game. So I'll put it to you this way. If you don't like how the table is set, turn the table. For some of you, you keep living in a perpetual cycle of self-hatred because somebody else hurt you 10 years ago because you're playing the enemy's game, thinking one day you're going to wake up and love yourself. That's not going to happen in and of yourself. It's not going to happen until you start realizing that God loves you. And because God loves you, you can look in the mirror and you can declare who you are in Christ, even though the world doesn't see it yet. But as long as you're playing the enemy's game, you're never going to feel like you belong. As long as you're playing the enemy's game, you're always going to feel like a failure. As long as you're playing the enemy's game, you're always going to feel like you're beat. Why? Because you're playing a game you were never created to play. And for so many of us, man, we're not joining small groups. We're not joining the dream team. We show up on Sunday mornings to check our Sunday box, but we haven't gotten authentic community. We haven't found a purpose yet. We haven't done any of those things because we keep letting the game that the enemy is making us play cause us to believe we can look through the window, but we'll never belong. I'm here to tell you, you just got to flip the table and say, how about this? I'm going to let Jesus tell me who I am from now on. I'm not going to let the game dictate this. I'm not going to let anybody else dictate. I'm coming to the table and saying, God, tell me who I am. Because here's the reality, 1 Corinthians 15, 57. But thanks be to God because he gives us what? Victory through Jesus Christ. So where is your identity at? Let me help you out. It's at the cross where Jesus already won all the battles. Does that mean things in your life are going to go perfectly? No. There's still going to be pain. There's still going to be struggles. There's still going to be heartache. There's still going to be situations you wish had gone differently, but they didn't. There's still going to be sickness. There's still going to be struggle. But how about this? You can be victorious even in the struggle. Even if it doesn't turn out the way you wanted it to, you can still be victorious in it because you are serving a God who is already victorious. Here's the deal. The enemy knows the end of the book. The book of Revelation has already been written. We know that our God is victorious. Therefore, we know we can have victory through Jesus Christ because he's already been victorious for us. So he's been victorious for his glory and for our good. Therefore, we can put all of our faith in the fact that Jesus has already done it so that when the enemy shows back up with another game, we say, I'm not playing your game anymore because I'm serving the king who's already victorious in every aspect of my life. And so we talked to you earlier about the idea of stalemate where you're stuck in the game. You haven't lost, but you have no choice but to lose. But I'm here to tell you what we need to find ourselves in. In the chess world, they call it a checkmate. And a checkmate is this. It's a position in which a player's king is threatened with capture. And there's no way to remove the threat, therefore the game is lost. And I'm going to tell you, it may look like the enemy has won. It may look like he's taken the king from your life. It may look like he's robbed you, but I'm here to tell you the king of kings doesn't lose. And it may look like he's robbed you, but I'm here to tell you, you can remind him that he's already been defeated. He was defeated when Jesus defeated death, hell, and the grave. 
And so here's the, tempta- here's the thing that I want to invite you to as you live this out through the rest of your life. What's the thing you can do tomorrow when you wake up? When you wake up and you look in the mirror, you need to start telling the enemy, not today. Right? Anybody ever woke up and just had a bad day? Come on. You woke up, you were, you were going to make some toast in the morning, but the, the bread was moldy. Come on, y'all know what I'm talking about? And so you're like, ah, I'm going to eat some cereal then. And then you check the date on that milk. You're just like, come on, man. So you're like, you know what? I'm going to just put it in a Ziploc bag and eat it in the car on the way to work. But that cinnamon toast crunch box got put back in the pantry empty. Probably by your husband. Or kids, right? And so you go, you, you, you get in your car to go on the way to work, right? But then you get pulled over because you're speeding because you're late. And you're just like, this is, anybody, come on, just say, this ain't my day. Anybody have one of those, this ain't my days, right? Anybody ever realize how easy it is to let a this ain't my day become the this ain't my week? And if you're not careful, this ain't my week becomes this ain't my month. And this ain't my month becomes this ain't my year. And before we realize it, We've lived a decade of our lives declaring what the enemy wants us to believe. And I'm here to tell you, the only way that changes is if you shift the direct, uh, trajectory of your life. And at some point, you got to go, <clears throat> not today. Today, I'm choosing to believe that this is the day that the Lord has made. And you know what? I'm going to rejoice and I'm going to be glad. And I'm, I'm going to, re- you know what? <clears throat> here's what I'm going to do. And here's what you need to do. Remind the enemy he already lost. So when he comes at you and starts jacking up your day, making you feel all kinds of whatever, you know what you need to do? Don't tell him what you're going to do. Remind him of what Jesus already did. Jesus already defeated you. I don't, have, I don't even have to fight you right now. I have to, I'm going to take my stand. I'm going to stand and say, I'm, I'm going to come here. I'm not standing for this. But I'm not, you know what? I'm going to let Jesus' victory be my victory. So I'm going to remind the enemy he already lost. And I'm going to walk in the victory that God already gave me. And that's what you have to do. Remind the enemy he already lost and start walking in the victory that God gave to you. Why? Because he's already defeated everything that could come against your life. Why? Because at the end of the day, our eternity is secure. And so is everything in my life going to go perfect? No. But you know what? I get to surrender to a Jesus who's already taken victory in every aspect of my life. And that's what I'm going to choose to walk in from now on. But listen to me. Listen to me. You better have a tribe to help you get there. Because how many guys know you're going to wake up one day and you're not going to feel it? You're going to wake up one day and you're not going to have it in yourself to take your victory. And that's when you call somebody and be like, man, today am my day. And they're like, well, guess what? It's mine. I'm going to fight with both of us in Jesus' name. And that's why it matters to be part of a tribe. We got to stop playing games with the enemy and start going to war with the people around us, knowing every victory is yours because it's in Christ for his glory and our good. Amen. Let me pray for you this morning. Father, we thank you. We love you today. We're so grateful for who you are and the fact that we can trust you because you've already taken victory. So Lord, every aspect of our lives where we haven't seen what we're looking for, God, we, we recognize we are not where we could be, God, but, but because of your grace, you've brought us to this place. And so, God, I pray right now for every person that's listening, God, every person that's watching, Lord, that you would help us realize that, Father, it's through your goodness that we can surrender to you but it's also through your goodness that we have victory in you. So God, I pray right now for every person that's been duped into playing the enemy's games, we would realize we don't have to play those games anymore. You've already set us free. And God, as we do that, we're gonna see you not just do something great in our lives, we're gonna see you do something great through our lives. 
because our purpose is more than just us. You've called us to be something for someone else too. And so God, I pray that you help us walk that out. Recognize you've already won our victories. In Jesus' name. If you're here today, you say, Brad, I, I, I want that victory. I, I want both feet in the camp. I want to be part of the tribe. But if I were to be honest, Jesus is not the Lord of my life. And I'm here to tell you today that if he's not the Lord of your life, he wants to be. And the greatest place you can be is in the safety, the protection, and the blessing, and the favor, and the grace of Jesus Christ. And today, if you say, Brad, I, I don't belong to Jesus, but I want to, the beauty of the gospel is this, friend, that even though sin separated all of us from God, all we do to be forgiven of our sins and have a new life in Christ is put our faith in Jesus. And that faith, with that belief that when he died on the cross, he paid for our sins, that is what saves us. And because of that, we repent of our sins. We turn away from that part of our life and we come to Jesus and say, you make me whole. I'm going to give you all of my life. And today, if that's you, you're ready to do that. I want to invite you to pray this prayer with me. This prayer doesn't make you saved. This prayer just puts words to the actions of your heart that says, Jesus, I'm believing in you. And today, if you're ready to do that, we're going to invite you to pray and the whole church will pray with you. So let's pray, church. Say, dear Jesus, forgive me. Forgive me my sins. Forgive me my wrongs. I believe in you. I believe you died for me, so I give you my life. Make me brand new. Give me a fresh start, and I'll follow you forever. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. TC, let's give it up for all those that prayed that today. We celebrate with you. Thank you so much for listening today. To make sure you never miss a message, be sure to subscribe to our channel. It would also mean so much to us if you would leave us a review. If you want to connect with us on Instagram or Facebook, just search at Transformation Pensacola. More information about our church or to contact us, feel free to go to mytc.life. Mytc.life is also where you can partner with us financially, and we would love it if you would consider doing just that, as your financial support is a key factor in helping our content channels grow. So I want to invite you to join us next time for another message from one of our pastors as we see people transform from who they are to who God wants them to be. I pray you have a blessed day.